problem identification chart, everything comes back to understanding what business problems you solve. Because when you're having a conversation around the high level business health of what's happening in your business and impacts, we're going to be, you know, and defining and probing and validating what they're saying. That is essentially going to lead you to having a value conversation that they're going to appreciate. Welcome to the Inspire to Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Phoebe Lay, and in each episode, I will be sharing with you insights from either an inspiring person or myself to help you thrive and shine online and in person. We talk about all things marketing, relationships, money, business, growth, mindset, and more. So thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you inspired to thrive. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Inspired to Thrive podcast. I am very looking forward to this conversation that we're going to have today because not only is it going to be insightful, but it's going to be very educational. And Brendan Roylands, our guest today, has been influencing change and creating positive impact for professionals of over 27 years in sport and in business. He is motivated to help people to grow and perform at an elite level with their chosen field and profession. And as a salesperson, he has set company records which stood for over a decade. And he has a wealth of knowledge having run both Telstra stores and sold businesses of over 10 years dealing in both B2B and B2C. Brendan Roylance is now a certified gap selling trainer where he shows his clients a methodology that will forever change the way we sell. And I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. Brendan, welcome to the studio. Thank you very much, Phoebe. Great to be here. It's so great to have you. I'm so, so thrilled we're having this conversation today. And not only have we been talking about sales a lot ever since we started working together, but I'm really learning so much from you, Brendan. What I really love about what you are doing, Brendan, is you're not only helping people generate more revenue and generate more profit in their business, but you're ultimately helping them make sales easier so it's not something that they shy away from or that they avoid and I know from my own personal experiences I'll always remember when I first asked a customer for payment how nerve-wracking that was and this was back when I started my first ever little side hustle as a photographer and it was so nerve-wracking I honestly I felt like I I was going to be sick and I was I was very young I was like in my 20s you know had no idea that, you know, we could charge our worth. And I thought asking was for money was the most ridiculous thing. Here we are today. It's been, wow, almost a decade, not exactly, but almost. And I think for a lot of people, sales is still something quite tricky. So before we get straight into it, I would love you to share with us, what is gap selling and how is it different to other sales methodologies? Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, gap selling is problem-centric methodology. So Keenan, who wrote the book, the gap selling book back in 2018, he's brought a modern sales methodology into the world. So typically, traditional sales methodologies, which they're used to, are very product-centric. Selling pain, which is a superficial, you know, pay the pain is a superficial part of a problem. So Therefore, discovery has also been superficial in sales organizations, and it's been very product-centric. So essentially, gap selling is about understanding what's going on in the buyer's world today, 
So what's in their current state, what is untenable and intolerable because people inherently do not like change. We just don't like it. There's longevity bias uh, and a number of other things as well. So understanding why your bias should change involves having a completely different depth of conversation. And that is understanding the business problems that you solve for. What are the impacts that are attached to the business problems? So what's manifesting in the organization as a result? And then obviously the root cause. So when your product or service solves the root cause of the business problem, makes the business problem go away, then, and the impacts, then great. You can put a recommendation forward with confidence that your prospect investing in your product or service will solve the problem in a nutshell. Wow. Amazing. And I think that it shows how important it is to really understand and know and actively listen to the person that is a across the room or on the other side of the screen or the phone from us because what I've discovered from my own personal experience is that a sale almost naturally automatically occurs when you've identified a problem for the prospect rather than when you are going on and on about your service or your offering, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people get drowned out. Like, you know, a lot of organizations still to this day are still using these outdated methodologies that it's just give me a demo, give me a request proposal. It's like how, what configuration of your products and services can you possibly put in a recommendation if you know nothing about whether it's actually gonna, it's what they need, it's what it's if it's gonna solve problems. So, yeah, definitely, it's a it's a big, a lot of decades and decades of product centric sales methodologies that needs to be undone. But one by one, yep, it's happening. And all organizations that are investing in gap selling uh, top down, you know, they're seeing uh, close rates improve from 10 to 30%. So just by a simple shift of taking this, it sounds ironic, I know, but taking your sales hat off and actually similar to what you do with a friend, if they come to you, so like if you come to me and said, Brennan, I've got a problem, how can you help me? It was like, I don't know. I need to understand more. Tell me more. You need to, you know, seek first to understand to understand what's going on, to know if you can or cannot help them. So that's a big differentiator. Absolutely. And I'd love to know, Brendan, when you are working with a client and they've told you that, you know, they've been having conversations with prospects, like, you know, there's handling objections, they've been taught maybe some NLP methods in the past and, you know, they're getting the person to feel the pain points and then the desire and then they then kind of and they're so used to that style of selling, what would you do to help them change the method that they've been so accustomed to so that they can actually naturally progress to winning a deal without the ickiness? Yeah, good point. There's, I mean, COVID's done a, a lot of changes happen. Like I know I'm still living in Melbourne, like, taking clients out for lunch and sort of, you know, building relationship and buying them lunch and drinks, et cetera, has always been like the way to do things. But with COVID, that though obviously stopped because of lockdown. So salespeople actually had to sell. <laughs> so they couldn't rely on the relationship. So we actually cover this off in the gap selling training organizations. Uh, it's about building credibility, not likability. So customers don't, I mean, how many... I'll ask you, like, how many people 
in your careers so far have you become really good friends with like you've actually became really good friends and you go out with a beer with them i would say almost i can't think of a figure but i'd say almost like 70 or 80 percent of my clients are like my friends and my family they become well not family like family family but like they become like you know you yeah, you go out for lunch or coffee, you, you get to know them as a person, you get to know their family as well, because you're learning about their business, but that also comes hand in hand with a whole bunch of things. So yeah, I'd say like probably 80% of my clients. Oh, sorry, I meant as you as a customer. How many people, when you're shopping, if you go buying bed, car, whatever, or what have you, how many people have you become friends with when you've gone into a sales? Oh, okay. Yeah. So... I would probably say I can't think of any. I can't really think of any, to be honest. Yeah. Typically in training, most people say probably two, but you can count them on one hand. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the point of that being, we say we want you to build credibility, not likability. So if you've got two buckets, if you've got a discovery call and everyone's on for nowadays, so if, they've, if your prospect is giving you 30 minutes of their time, we want to build credibility to let the credibility bucket, not the likability bucket. Because if you spend 15 minutes building rapport and, you know, finding out about their kids and their dogs and the holidays, etc., you're actually robbing them of what value you can bring to them. So you, you've got taken a 30-minute discovery opportunity to add value into 15 minutes, and then it's, it's a lot harder to do. So keeping it short with the small talk at the start and just getting straight into really digging deep. And that's where it comes down to understanding the problems that you solve with that problem identification chart that I mentioned earlier. Mm, I love that. And Brendan, I'd love to know what kind of organizations and businesses benefit from gap selling? Is it something that works for everyone across the board or is it more for, for example, service-based business owners? An organization. Just a little bit of fun thing about gap selling. It's not something that's exclusive to to business. Like you can use it in, in personal life as well. Because wow. it's just understanding whether it's your partner, your, your family, your friends. It's just if they've come to you with a problem, then you just understand it. And then you figure out, you know, if you can help them or not. So it's not just for selling in business. It's actually because it's based on understanding to help. Uh, as opposed to sell your product and go into feature doll. Yeah, sorry, I just, uh, I digress. <laughs> sorry, you didn't say the question. Again. No. I distracted myself. I, I Well, my question is, is it for people that are in organizations or businesses that are selling a service or would it work for, you know, products as well? And Absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's essentially when the, the sales team or the people that are in, responsible for the consultation. So you look at the sales funnel, top of funnels, everything that, that you amazingly do, by the way. <laughs> um, the funnel, getting the leads into the organization. Uh, the, the, what we work on and what I can solve is the next level down. So what type of conversations that the sales team or the business owner is having with the prospects. So the, the win rates increase. So yeah, obviously keeps the business alive and well, and you're adding value. And we also in gap selling, value is contextual. So until you under, until it's an agreement between you and your buyer that what you 
your product or service is agreed that that will fix the problem they're trying to solve. Yeah, your product means nothing until you've had that agreement, until you've had a conversation that you would really understand what problems you're going to solve. And if you don't solve a problem for them, you let them know. There's no gap, no sale. So Brendan, could you give us like a tangible example of what that would look like? Yeah, yeah. If an organization had, say they had, um, there was some, they came to came to me with requesting sales training, but uh, through the discovery process, I uncovered that they have a, there's like a, what could be a leadership or a HR problem that is, that's a bigger problem that needs to be solved for first. Then I would tell them that. I said, look, you know, there's no point investing in this now. I would recommend that you fix this problem first. And then once that's solved, then perfect. Then the sales training will be worth, you get the return on investment that we've spoken about. Ah, that makes so much sense. So Brendan, what you're saying is the gap selling methodology is about firstly showing the client or the prospect what gaps they have first before providing them with a solution. And it doesn't mean they necessarily even will work with you immediately. Is that right? Correct. Absolutely. It's like traditional sales will give away all the product information up front. And then the buyer will take that away with them and then they'll go to the next supplier and the next option, the next option. Whereas that's zero point talking about the product until you understand the problem information. So it's not about the questions that you ask. It's about the information that you understand and, and know that, yeah, like it's just the meme with gap selling as well. Like there's so many enablement options. It's like, I want to put a recommendation forward. That's actually going to specifically match and remove the problem when the root cause is the sales conversations that are being had if they're transactional and just, yeah, high level selling to pain. Mm, I love that. I think that what you've just said has, I think the penning is just dropped for a lot of our listeners because, and for me as well, because I think there's so many sales methods out there that are almost a bit manipulative. And there's high pressure sales. Like I've done programs where they taught high pressure selling and it did not work well for me. And it was very icky and uncomfortable. And, you know, of course, over the years, I've found what works for me. But I think that when you can say to a client, come back once you're, for example, for us, they might come to us and say, hey, we want to run advertising, but they don't have a brand yet. And I've said this to clients before, you know, come back to us once you are clear on the unique selling proposition that you have and you're crystal clear on your brand value and what the brand identity is. And, and we take them through that process as well when they work with us. But of course, we can't work with a business that doesn't already have the foundations to be ready to go and start marketing. So in that way, you're, for example, when an organization comes to you and they go, okay, we, you know, we need help with things going on in HR, but we need help in, for example, sales, you're actually showing them like where their gap is before they come and work with you. Yeah, correct. And that example you gave is, is spot on. Like you, there's no point coming to you for social media engagement when they don't have a brand yet. So great example. But so what about the people that are like, okay, well, I'm new in business, for example. I mean, there's some people in, in our listener pool that are startups, for example. And what if they're saying, well, I really want to 
make more sales. I really need the revenue in order to, you know, get this startup off the ground. What would you say to them? Like, should they create more services and more offerings or more solutions or just kind of wait to meet the right person? (laughs) I would say to them, we would need to have a discovery call. So exactly what gap selling is about and just so to discover, uncover any business problems that they, well, first of all, we need to, I need to understand their business intrinsically and then be able to define everything with where they are today, where they need to go, and then who's having the conversations now. And if I can actually add value, it says if that's the part that is most pressing today. So, but what I would say to them is the first thing we need to do if you're a startup and is understanding, put yourself in there in your customer's seat and go, okay, why did I even create this, this product or service? Because it came about because there was a problem that the customers were, were experiencing. That's why every product is created is because there was a problem that existed. And then by coming up with this, this product or service, it makes, it solves for the problem. So it's really reverse engineering. Why did they create the product in the first place? So that'll get them away from the product centric paradigm and it will move them towards understanding what problems and impacts. That's where the intrinsic motivation for change lives. It's where in, it's in business problems and impacts. So understand those and then you can link your product to service as the root cause. And then, cause it just changes the conversation. Like for businesses that don't know what problems they're solving for, and they're still using, you know, old school methods where it's all product centric. It's just, they're just leaving so much on the table. And it's, if you invest so much in getting your inbound and your marketing machine working Coming along, if you need a good recommendation, see you bright and shine. <laughs> Shameless plug for you, Phoebe. <laughs> Thank you, Brendan. She is amazing. That, that's so heart and soul into it. Absolutely. I recommend. Yeah. Credit to you. But yeah, if you're investing so much in marketing and you're just burning leads and you're having call coaching and everything, they're using like Bant or Medic which actually is, you know, there's no value for the buyer in Medic and Bant. So Bant was, sorry, for those who don't know, it's if you're familiar with their budget authority need and time. So that was actually created by IBM in the in 1950s. And it's when they had the monopoly on the market and they could actually cherry pick and just take the cream off the top. So it was actually a disqualification tool, not a qualification tool. And yeah, organizations still use it in 2023, which just leaves me gobsmacked. So, and medics are a little bit better, but still there's no value for the buyer. Do those points come out? Are they important? Yes, they are, but they, what they stand for. However, that will come out throughout the sale and they, those all those points will be uncovered in discovery. That's so well said, Brendan. So, so well said. You have a, there's a motto in the gap selling methodology or in your LinkedIn, you often share that if there is no gap, no solution, no business, right? If there's no gap, there's no solution and no business is closed. How does someone adapt to a fluid dynamic and environment when there's such a dependency on, say, for example, global supply chains? And so, for example, if you are contacted for like one gap field solution, Do you then identify and advise on the potential of the other emerging gaps? 
that you can identify in the business. And as you resolve the initial process, you're obviously finding other gaps, right? So when you're doing that, would you kind of come in as a high value consultant or would you work on all and yeah, if you found more than one gap that you can provide a solution for, what then happened? Yeah. Supply chain is not a problem that I solve for. So that, I would definitely say that because I can't, that's not what I'm skilled in. So, I would, you know, if supply chain was an issue, logistics and things that are going on in the world with freight, et cetera, then yeah, I would definitely say that was the most pressing problem to solve. I would let them know and that would need to fix that first with another professional or organization that can, can help with that or whatever it may be. But yeah, definitely you know, it's not a problem. And that's, yeah, in gas selling, we have qualified sale. There's four questions and it's all centered around change management psychology. So the four questions are, does the prospect have a problem that I can solve? So you need to have a yes to all four of these questions. So if there's not a four, we don't, it doesn't go into our CRM as an opportunity. So it's hard, but it's, it's just reality. Like just people don't change unless something, yeah. So I'll go through the four questions. So number one, does the prospect have a problem there you solve for? Number two, does the client, does the prospect agree that they have a problem? But if they don't, there's no point continuing. Uh, and check number three, is the prospect willing to fix the problem? And number four is a big one. Is the buyer willing to go on the journey with you to fix the problem? And that may, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be sign up with you. It may be, are they willing to go on the journey to fix the problem? Because it's not just their financial investment. There's also effort and brand and reputation, which we spoke about last week. <laughs> so yeah, there's other considerations that need to be acted into the conversation. Wow. I think that every single person should be writing those four things down because something that we might not be conscious of it, but sometimes when a sale doesn't go through, it's good to reflect as well and think of those questions. Yeah, absolutely. So sales is obviously no longer pushy and manipulative, especially if someone is a gap seller and they understand that they're just there to solve a problem, identify a problem and hopefully work with the buyer and go through that journey with them. So what would you say to the people that still have a misconception that sales is unauthentic? Yeah, part of the reason why I'm here, like 12 months, uh, just over 12 months ago, I thought I had to accept the status quo that sales is manipulative and there is an element of being underhand and just trying to benefit the seller. Um, so part of my mission and my purpose is to educate that, you know, by this methodology, gap selling, seriously, like talking to, like, it's like it being an internal stakeholder. Like when you're actually asking questions, then it's like a boardroom meeting and like you're part of the organization because you're not talking about your products. You're actually diving really deep into their world. What's going on? Tell me more about that. Help me understand that. Can you walk me through that? It's very, you know, there's different types of questions in gap selling, uh, command statements, which Deb Calvert is credited for, but they're just great because they're disarming. So rather than a typical sales conversation, which is, you know, product centric and find that one superficial pain point and then bang, there's the trigger to go, feature it up, feature it up, feature it up, product, 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 close, 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 ask for the sale. It's, it's, it's completely different because it's actually a separate conversation if it gets to that, because it has to have those passes for qualification questions for it to be an opportunity. 
because there's no point talking about products unless there's a problem that you can solve and they want to solve with you. So, so Brendan, would you say those four conversations are the ones that we consciously need to have in our mind during a sales call or would you say that they're more of an after reflection? My advice, like I've been doing it for nearly eight months and it is hard to detach because we're so pre-wired into being product-centric. So yeah, definitely after the discovery call, I wouldn't be too cognizant because during the discovery, I'd be really honed in on just understanding their environment and uncovering a business problem if there is one there that you solve for. And just the the acute listening and the responsive questions. So you're actually drilling down into what they're actually saying is so important. But yeah, I guess not to a, I mean, to a degree, yeah, you're, you're trying to understand what if there's a business problem that you solve. That's the whole purpose of discovery. There's no problem moving forward without that. So it, it, it would be in the back of your mind that yes, you've uncovered a problem and you start to diagnose. So it's not about selling, it's about diagnosing. So... I've done sales training before with some various different sales trainers and schools and coaches, et cetera. I remember a few years ago, I was taught a method where you kind of look at four quadrants and you go through certain questions. And once you've gotten through all four quadrants, you like, you're likely to close that sale. I found that a very tiring process. I actually found that I couldn't be present in just having a conversation with someone because I was thinking, okay, I've got to go through quadrant one. Okay, I think we've gone through quadrant one now. Now we go through two and three and four. And it was almost like I had to have these questions in front of me because I was, you know, you try to concentrate on a conversation. How are you meant to also think, have I ticked all these question, you know, have I answered all these question marks? Obviously with experience that changes, but there are people that are listening as well that are not you know, they haven't been doing sales for a very long time, for example, or they maybe it's a new field that they're in. So what would be maybe just the most important fundamental things that we've got to keep in the back of our mind when we are having those conversations with people? Yeah, being scripted, you can't script a sales conversation. Like you have no idea, it's impossible to script a sales conversation. So that's my suggestion would be to really... Problem identification chart. Everything comes back to understanding what business problems you solve. Because when you're having a conversation around the high level business health of what's happening in your business and impacts, you're going to be, you know, and defining and probing and validating what they're saying. That is essentially going to lead you to having a value conversation that they're going to appreciate. Because if you can walk them through and take them on it, on a journey to understanding Oh, oh, I didn't realize that was happening in my business and you've walked them through that. And you can imagine the credibility that you've just built with that potential client. And yeah, it's all about credibility. So it's, yeah. Definitely. So is, are there any resources that listeners can find either on your website or online that will help them with the gap selling methodology? And, you know, you mentioned there's like a cheat sheet. Where can people find that? Yeah, I will have them on my website. <laughs> so the problem identification chart will be on there. And that's really the starting point. So just sitting in your room with the key stakeholders, your leadership team, your fellow directors, and going through and saying, well, okay, take your your company hat off, put yourself in the customer seat and go, okay, what problems are my customers facing? 
why, why do they need, why are they coming to me? So what are the high level business problems? So it's not the most typical responses. Most people put technical problems in business problems. So I'll define what a, a technical problem is. It's a missing or broken process or tool. So if anything's linked to a process or a tool, then that is not a business problem that goes in the, the technical problem in the root cause column. So that's the biggest one. The most common mistake that people make is that the technical problem, their product as a business problem. So, yeah. Awesome. So we will link to that in the show notes for anyone that's tuning in and, and wanting to search that. Brendan, thank you so much for being on this podcast episode. That was so insightful. I've definitely learned a few things even in this you know, I'm, I'm discovering more and more about it every time we work together, but even in this very hour that we've had, this very interview, I've learned some new things that I'm going to walk away and apply. So thank you so much for what you've shared. And for those that are listening, you can tune into Brendan and see his content on LinkedIn. You can also visit his website. Is there anywhere else, Brendan, that you'd like people to use to find you? Uh, yeah, LinkedIn and my website, that's uh, growthacquisitionzone.com, one word, and LinkedIn. So yeah, absolutely. If, if you're always thought that sales were something that you wanted to shy away from because you didn't want to, you're a business owner and you didn't want to be um, manipulative, which is totally understandable, but you also want to grow your business, my recommendation, just a discovery call. They don't cost anything and it will be a very consultative conversation in understanding your business and um yeah, so I know if I can help or not. So, yeah. Awesome. Brendan, thank you so much again for your time and to the listeners as well for tuning in. Make sure that you follow Brendan on LinkedIn and reach out if you have any questions at all or you want to learn more. There's so much insight into this topic of sales and it's not something that people should feel icky about or shy away from. It's actually something that you can always continue to improve with practice and with the right skills. So definitely tune into his content on LinkedIn. And if you guys have any questions in relation to sales or this kind of stuff, make sure that as well, if you see these posts on social media, ask away, tag Brendan and leave a comment. Thanks again, Brendan. Thanks, baby. It's been fun. It's been awesome having you on. Thanks, guys.